Today we're going to be in John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Leadership does matter. Leadership does matter. And so when we think about what happened uh, this last week, it's because there was some leadership um, in, in, in the federal level. Our, our president, uh, President Donald Trump, appointed some conservative uh, Supreme Court justices. And when they went back and they, they looked at uh, what, what states wanted to do moving forward, they sided with the states. And so they removed that, that uh, constitutional right to, to abortion. They gave those rights uh, back to the states. And if we stop and we think this morning just how important leadership is in our federal government, how vital then is leadership within our churches? Because we're talking about things that are happening just on the federal level. Those things are happening in the material world. But really within church leadership, leadership could take a church in the wrong direction or in the right direction, depending on what type of leaders you have within a church. And so we're going to be starting a, a mini-series, um, and we're going to be looking at biblical church leadership. And just a reminder, our, our theme for this year is designed for His glory, and that is taken from Ephesians 2.10, which says this, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And really, church leadership plays a part in that. It gives us an opportunity to grow. It gives us an opportunity to learn more about God, that He would increase and that we would decrease. And really, every day that we wake up is a day in which we love or that we should love the Lord in a greater way. One of the things that is amazing to me, how God uses broken people to accomplish great things. I was thinking this past week of, of who the Lord called to be disciples. Were these men that had everything working out for them? No. This is like a, like a misfit group that, that Jesus called to, to follow alongside, to follow behind, to learn, to really be those that would start the New Testament church. And so he used broken men like Peter to start the church. And he continues to use leaders today. We, as, as church leadership, are not perfect and yet God uses broken men just like us to accomplish great things. The first thing that we should know today as we kind of head down this road is that there are three titles. There are three titles for um, the same person or the same uh, leadership group of men. And so uh, those three titles, we would say they are pastors, they are elders. In the Bible, there are elders we also see them referred to as overseers. And third, we see them as shepherds or pastors. Pastors means uh, that idea of shepherds. And so uh, those are the three titles which really all refer to the same group of men. 
And so when we think of Pastor Schmidt, pastor could be an elder, an overseer, and a shepherd pastor. And when we think of our elders, they're the same way, all right? They are pastors and shepherds, and they are elders, and they are overseers, keeping watch over the flock. And so I know within our church we have lay elders, and we have and we have kind of a, a paid pastor or a preaching pastor, or maybe we call him a senior pastor. But really in the Bible, in the New Testament, when we see the words elder or overseer or shepherd or pastor, that is all referring to the same group of guys. And we're actually going to look at that uh, group today. We're going to look at that group today. As we get started, we do want to go ahead and and uh, read our passage. This is John chapter 10. And so I'm going to ask you to stand out of respect for God's Word. We're just going to read just six verses here. This is uh, familiar uh, to many of us. But here in John chapter 10, starting in verse 1, it says this, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he who does not enter the shep, uh, sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his, his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before him, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. But they will follow from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. They do not know the voices of strangers. This feature of um, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Let's go ahead and stop there, and we'll ask the Lord's blessing upon our time. Lord, first of all, Lord, we stop and we thank you for our church leadership. Thank you for our elders which invest their lives and their hearts into the ministry here. Thank you for the way that they uh, shepherd, the way that they show care for the flock. Thank you for our deacon, the way that he serves, the way that he visits, the way that he encourages. Lord, thank you for their wives that play such an important part in the ministry here. Thank you for bringing the pastors here, giving us an opportunity to serve you, even though we are broken individuals as leaders. You still accomplish great things with broken people. So thank you, Lord, for the leadership that we have. Lord, as we open up this passage, as we realize, first of all, that you are the good shepherd, that you are the lead shepherd, and that we as, as pastors and elders, we have an opportunity to be under shepherds. To tend to the, your flock. And so, Lord, we pray that we would bring you honor, that we would bring you glory. Lord, that you have brought us together for just a time like this. It's not by accident that we are here that you have brought us together to worship you and to bring you glory. And so, Lord, again, I pray that you would use your word as you see fit in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So in the Bible, we see um, 
kind of two governing uh, bodies. Uh, we see uh, pastors, elders, overseers, um, shepherds. Uh, that's one group. And then the other group we actually see is uh, deacons. And so while we're not going to cover uh, deacons today, we're not really going to really dive into uh, the requirements of elders, overseers, and pastors. We're going to look at that a little bit later. Um, but what we want to do today is we just want to focus on the fact that the one that really leads the church is not Pastor Schmidt. The one who really leads the church is, is not the elders of the church or the deacon. The one who is really the, the leader, the head, the good shepherd, the head shepherd is Jesus Christ. And so what we want to do today is we want to really, this is, a, this is a message that would be for us as leaders as we think about Jesus Christ as the good shepherd, but it's also for, for us as a church because there are requirements here that I, I believe that God wants to instill in leadership. And as we go through things, you might go through them in your mind and you might say, you know what, our leadership is not quite there. And that's fine because one the first thing to remember is that we are not perfect. Just like you all are all growing, we are growing too. And I'll share some ways in which we are growing as leadership as we continue on. But first of all, look at verse 2. All right, look at verse 2. It says this, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Okay, so notice this word, shepherd, here. Now, who is this shepherd? Is this Jesus Christ, or is this a pastor-elder type of role? So think in your mind, we just read through the passage, who is the shepherd? Is it a pastor-elder, or is it Jesus Christ? If you said pastor-elder, you're right. You say, wait a second, I remember the good shepherd, and Jesus Christ really hasn't identified himself as a good shepherd yet. Matter of fact, in this illustration, he says that he is the gate. And so notice here, uh, notice here in verse 7. And so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. So this is the gate, this is the, the way in which the sheep come in and the sheep go out. And so he's talking about people, actually other, and we're not really going to identify uh, these, these false shepherds, these shepherds that climb over the wall and they're there to hurt still. Those are false teachers. But instead, really, our focus today on, on this idea of pastors, shepherds, or elders, because that's really the first group that we identify here. And so there are a couple of things that really stand out to me as I read through these verses. As it refers to pastors, as it refers to shepherds, as it refers to elders and church leadership. And so what I want to do is I want to kind of um, unpack some of this truth this morning uh, for us and for our leadership. And so number one, shepherds preach the gospel. Shepherds preach the gospel, all right? We're not bringing in sheep by throwing them over the wall. We're not trying to find a crack in the wall somewhere, and we're pushing them through. Instead, really the gate into the church, and I say the church as capital C, I mean that God's 
global church, the only interest into God's global church is through Jesus Christ. He is the gate. Here at Wilton Bible Church, we often say where the gospel changes lives because the gospel is changing our lives. Something that started at the moment of salvation and something that God is continuing to work out in our lives. As we learn more about him, as, we, as, as he increases and as we decrease. And so pastors and, and elders preach the gospel. Now we don't simply preach to educate we preach so that God would change lives. And truly, the gospel does change lives. As we preach, we preach just not to be hearers of the word, but we preach to be doers of the word, that our lives might bring God greater glory. And so, one of the ways in which our leadership is, is going to be doing something a little different as as the months go on, and, and uh, it's kind of a slow process, but we're working on it, is uh, normally at the end of our services, uh, we don't actually have an opportunity for someone to come forward and accept Jesus Christ as, as their personal Savior. Since, since I've been here, it wasn't before I came here, and, and the only time we normally see something like that is, is during an evangelistic service. But you know what? Sometimes the Lord is working in your heart. Maybe, maybe the Word of God has been preached and, and the Word, and the word is, is really penetrating your heart and, and you feel like you need to make a decision and then we sing the last song and everyone exits the door and they go out to their cars and they go out to lunch and then oftentimes we forget about what God was working in our heart. And so one of the things that I and the leadership are working on is that we're going to be turning the ladies' ministry room here into kind of a prayer room. That at the end of the service, if God is working in your heart, that you could go back and you could spend some time with the Lord. And that we're going to train our elders and our elders' wives to be able to pray with you. Not to, not to answer all of the big questions of life. They'll probably refer those to me, and I'll pray about them a lot. But they'll pray with you and, and, and they'll try to counsel you back there. But the most important reason why they'll be back there is, is someone sits in our service and they say, you know what, I don't know that I'm a Christian. And maybe they're, they're dealing with that right in their seat and they're thinking to themselves, I need to be a Christian. And then we sing our last song and then they exit the doors and they go on home. So we actually want to give them an opportunity. And so I'm going to be training the elders. We're going to be working through this. We're going to be putting a plan into place so that our elders are not just leaders, but preachers of the gospel and encouragers of the flock. And so notice again in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And so again, the only way into the church is through Jesus Christ. And what is that, that who, what, what ministry has that been given to that's been given to the leadership of, of the elders and pastors? Not that, not that we shouldn't share the gospel, because we should. But if anyone should be sharing the gospel, it should be the church leadership. It should be the shepherds. 
the pastors and elders. And so first of all, the very first thing that we need to know about our church leadership is really God has called church leadership to be preachers of the gospel, and we're going to be working on that, that our church leadership will be able to confidently share the gospel and confidently counsel uh, people if you need counsel uh, right over here in the prayer room. There's a second thing that stands out to me. There's a second thing that Jesus Christ says that really stands out to me as, as I put myself in this shepherd context, and that is this. The shepherd knows the sheep. Notice what Jesus Christ says here. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep. He calls them. He knows them. All right? And notice, his own sheep by what? By name. By name. And so shepherds really are, are, are not to be individuals that are, are from a distance in a church. They're really supposed to be people that, that are in with the sheep. I remember one pastor saying, good shepherds smell like what? Sheep. Good shepherds smell like sheep. And you know, in Jesus' day, everyone would have known that. They would have known as people walked by, they would have went, ah, that person's a shepherd. Because shepherds smell like sheep. And really as church leadership, as pastors and elders, we need to be involved in your life. And, and so this is one of the steps that we've already taken to allow that to, to happen. Every first Sunday of the month, we take the Sunday night off. And I have challenged the church leadership to invite you all to their house, not all of you at one time, but to invite people that they don't know. So they could get to know them so that they know their name. But not only would I encourage and challenge them to invite you to their house, but I encourage you. If you don't know one of our church leadership and you say, you know what, I want to know them better. You know what, the first Sunday of, of every month we take the Sunday night off so that you could invite them to your house. So that you could share a meal and get to know them. And so we, as leadership, are trying to do a better job of smelling like sheep, being involved in your life. One of the other things that we stopped doing, and I know COVID really set relationships back because uh, visiting and, and all of that uh, slowed down and, and came to a preaching stop. But uh, one of the things that we did prior to uh, COVID, which I really enjoyed, our family really enjoyed, and I know many of you enjoyed as well, was dinner six. Now, what is dinner six? Dinner six was, was a, a, a thing you would sign up for. Normally, it was three couples. It could be two couples and, and two widows or a widow and a, and a single person. But normally, it was a group of six people. And every month, they would get together and they would have a meal together. And you know what? I got to know some people in the church more through that dinner six program than I have probably many other times in, in my ministry here. Just hearing their stories, how they met, some of the food that they really enjoy eating, where they like to vacation, what the Lord is doing in their life. 
And so normally the way that it would work is like uh, if I was if I was with the Espinitas and I was with the Nixes and our group uh, was in dinner six, I would host the dinner party one month and then the next month the Espinitas would host a dinner party and then the next month the Nixes would host a dinner party and we would all have fellowship around the mill. And so normally it was the host family makes the main mill and then everyone else brings the sides. That was a great, great time. I know some of you miss that. I hope in the fall time to be able to start that back up. And when it does start up, I encourage you, all right, sign up. Get to know your church. Get to know other sheep. Get to know your shepherds, your elders. Be a part of that. Be a part of that group. Me and my wife, we're very busy. And so I know one of the things that we are working on is is this idea of knowing our sheep. Because really, ministry is a busy busy ministry. And uh, we should always, and yet, we should always have time for people. You know, the the joke that that, uh, pastors always say is, is, you know what, the ministry would be great without the people. That's always a joke that uh, pastors say. The ministry would be great without the people. But honestly, but honestly, there would be no ministry without the people. Because truly God has called shepherds to shepherd his flock. And so people are part of the ministry. And so here we have, first of all, the shepherds uh, preach the gospel Second of all, shepherds know the sheep, all right? They're involved in the sheep's lives. Number three, with a third bullet underneath this, would be the, sheep, uh, the shepherds leads and cares for the sheep. And we see this in verse four. He says this, and when he had brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. There's an amount of leadership here. And really shepherds and, and elders they ought to be leaders. I think that's one of the requirements to be a church leader is leadership skills. And so they lead and they care for their flock. And so notice the way in which the shepherd brings the flock out. He leads them. He brings them out all on his own. He goes before them, the idea of leading, all right? The shepherd does not kick them, all right? He doesn't kick them out, hey, move in that area, all right? He leads them, he shares, he, uh, he shepherds them, he cares for them. And really, as we think about church leadership, our desire is to model Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ cared and he loved the sheep, and we too are to care and love the sheep. And so the shepherds lead. They don't bark commands. They shepherd. They live with the sheep. They care for the sheep. At times they carry the sheep. And even though our lives can be busy, our life and the life of our elders ought to be ones that love and care and lead our, uh, the, uh, God's sheep the sheep that God has given to us to lead. So pastors and elders are men God has called to 
preach the gospel. Pastors and elders are men God is called to know the flock. And pastors and elders are men God has called to lead and care for the flock. Now let's look at the good shepherd. All right, let's look at the good shepherd. And, and Jesus Christ begins to talk about himself as the good shepherd in verse 11. And so notice here in verse 11 it says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so notice this word good shepherd. Uh, this word good does not mean that, that Jesus is good looking or good dressed or that he's experienced. Uh, that's not what it means. When we talk about the good shepherd, that means this idea of of self-sacrificing, that he's willing to give up everything for the sheep. He is good for the sheep. He's a good shepherd. Unlike some of the other shepherds that Jesus Christ refers to, and, and of course in the context here, he's talking to um, the Pharisees, and he's talking to his disciples, and as he's talking to the Pharisees, they are the ones that are trying to do other things besides what they're supposed to do. Those false teachers that come in and they were saying, hey, you know what, if you just do these things, and they had a whole list of things you had to do, then you could be right with God. And Jesus Christ says, no, I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so that very first thing is the good shepherd lays down his life. All right, and then he kind of uh, gives us a, a parallel, a, a description of, of a hired shepherd versus the good shepherd. It gives us something to compare to. All right, and so we have some comparison here. And so notice here in verse 12, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf scatters them, uh, the, uh, snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now, what do these people care about? Well, they're working for a wage. They care about money. And they care about their own lives. All right? They, they see the, the wolf coming and they flee. They care about themselves. Jesus Christ cared about the sheep. As he parallels this, he says, you know what? I willingly laid down my life for the sheep. So again, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I laid down my life for the sheep. As he kind of draws this parallel, he says, you know what? These, these hired hands, these, these hired shepherds. They care about themselves and they care about their finances, but they don't care about the sheep because when hard times come, they give up. They run away. I, I, I was a, a camp counselor. No, I was actually working at the camp at the time of this. I was working at, at, uh, at a camp and, and there was a counselor that had just, it was a really tough uh, really tough cabin, and it was a it was um, an older cabin. I think they were like juniors and seniors, and these guys were really tough. 
And, and, and the counselor's really a good guy. He's, he's a real sharp guy. Uh, his parents are in ministry. Uh, he loves the Lord. But the, the cabin really wore on him. And, and no doubt he was praying for them. He'd pray for open doors. And, and things just progressively seemed to get worse through the week. And that last night, that Friday night... He actually left his cabin, and, and he went up, and he locked himself in where he would stay during the weekends. And so the other, the other uh, counselors were walking around, and they're like, hey, where's so-and-so? And everyone's like, oh, his, cap, his campers were like, we, we don't know where he is. We haven't seen him in a while. And so we went up to where all the guys would normally stay, and there he was with his door locked. And it had like a little, a little latch. You could open up the door, but it was latched in the inside. And so another counselor uh, took a piece of paper, unlatched it, pulled him out of bed, and said, Get down there. You are a counselor. You know, that man was a good man. And he was a good counselor. But the weight of the ministry weighed on him. You know what? Leaders are not perfect, and they carry a big weight. And so let me encourage you as you think about our leadership, as, as you think about me, as you think about our elders, as you think about our deacon, pray for us. Pray for us that God's grace would carry us through, that God would give us wisdom as we lead the church. Because truly, it's not our church. It's His church. We are simply under-shepherds of the Good Shepherd. Let me give you another illustration. This is one time I, when I was counseling. And actually, I had uh, some, some uh, kids, some teenagers from uh, Wilton, uh, actually, in my cabin. And uh, there was this whole, uh, someone brought up a nail polish. Uh, nail polish and uh, the first night after everyone went to sleep, Someone went around and painted everyone's fingernails and toenails. And uh, they woke up the next day. And I remember one guy, he just had these fingers painted because this is how he fell asleep. <laughs> and uh, someone else had all of his toenails painted uh, bright red. And so uh, he started wearing socks until my wife brought up some um, nail polish remover. But, but I, I, I tell you that story because uh, there was another camper in another cabin, and, and the guy, the, the counselor there, he was a really great, a really great counselor. And he really loved the Lord, and it was really important to him that he share the gospel. Well, well he, he got a, a camper that came in, and, and right off the bat, this is what the camper said. The camper said, I want nothing to do with this camp. My grandparents have sent me here, but I want nothing to do with this camp. And I'll tell you why. Because Christians hate my moms. And therefore, I'll never become a Christian. I hate all Christians. And so this was what the counselor was faced with on day one. And you know, this counselor continue to pray for that camper and, and work with that camper and, and offer opportunities to accept Jesus Christ as, as their personal Savior. And the camper said, no and no and no. And I remember getting together with that, that counselor on, on that Friday night before, before that last message. And we prayed together that the Lord would truly open up that child's heart. And afterwards, again, that child did not did not go back and did not accept Jesus Christ. 
And I remember that counselor coming up to me. This is Saturday. This is right before. This is like hours before they're supposed to leave. And he said, yeah, well, I, I shared the gospel with him. He definitely knows. I was able to build some bridges. He's definitely not as standoffish as he was when he, he came on day one. But then you know what? Uh, an hour later, the counselor came to me and said, you know what? That camper came. Like in those, 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 those final moments before he left camp, and he said, I do, I need to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Will you show me how? And right on that Saturday, right before he left, and went home to his grandparents, was about to go home uh, to where his, his moms lived, he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. God uses broken people. And what made that possible? Well, initially we might think, well, that counselor, but it really wasn't that counselor at all. It was the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. And so Jesus Christ cared for the sheep. He loved the sheep. And so the good shepherd loves and cares for the sheep. And so Jesus Christ says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. The good shepherd loves and cares for his sheep. And of course, as we think about sheep, and, and this is something that was referred to in, in the Old Testament, we, we see it um, in Psalms, we see I, Isaiah, and we see it in other places, that oftentimes sheep uh, represented uh, Israel. And so really, uh, the people that were there and they were listening, they're equating all of this with the, the sheep of Israel. And so for sure, Jesus Christ cares and loves his people Israel. But he notice, notice he says something else in verse 16. He says this, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Who is that? Well, that is Gentiles. That's us. That Jesus Christ brought us into the fold, the other sheep. Not the sheep of Israel, but the sheep outside of Israel. Notice, one flock and one shepherd, the good shepherd. Pastors, elders, overseers, shepherds, we're all under shepherds of the one shepherd the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. And so really, before we can ever start to go down this, this topic of biblical leadership, we must start at the very top, which is the only reason why I have the ability to serve as a pastor and the elders have the ability to serve as elders and the deacon has the ability to serve as a deacon is because of Jesus Christ. He is the gate. He is the good shepherd who did not run but he laid down his life, willingly laid down his life for the sheep. And so maybe you're here today and you would ask the question, well, how do I be part of the church, the, the church global? How do I be part of the flock? Well, that's to enter in through the gate, all right? Sheep do not climb over the gate. They don't squeeze through cracks in the wall. They go through the gate. And how do I go through the gate? 
Well, that's putting our faith and trust in the work of Jesus Christ. The fact that he lived in our place. The fact that he died in our place. And the fact that he rose again to show us that one day we too will rise again. And that we will live with him forever and ever and ever. It's not by going to church. It's not by putting money in the offering. It's not by being a pastor. It's not by being a member. The gate is Jesus Christ. And so if you're here today and you would say, you know, I, I, I don't know how to pass through the gate. It's simply putting our faith in the life which was lived in our place, the death which was was his life that died in our place and his resurrection. And so he is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. We, we see this idea come up again after his resurrection. And so I, I brought up at the very beginning that, that uh, church leadership is not perfect. As a matter of fact, I mentioned uh, Peter. Was Peter a perfect leader? No, he wasn't. And so remember, uh, he had really high hopes when Jesus Christ said, oh, this is what's going to happen. He was like, you know what? That's not going to happen. I'd fight for you. And and so uh, he does. Peter does uh, fight for Jesus. But uh, Jesus says, no, actually, you're going to deny me three times. And and sure enough, uh, Peter does go and deny him uh, three times, just as Jesus Christ uh, said. But God still used him. Jesus Christ still used him. And so after the resurrection, we find this in John chapter 21. So in verse 15, it says this, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then notice Jesus' reply. He said to him, Feed my sheep. So this is what Jesus Christ is, in a way, saying. Simon, do you love me? And Peter's answer is, Yes, I love you. He says, Okay, if you love me, Feed my sheep. And then again in the next, very next verse, and he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend to my sheep. The idea is be involved, take care. Tend to my sheep. And then again in verse 17, and he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter grieved because he had asked him a third time, do you love me, said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know what? If, if church leadership is leading because they want money or power or prestige, then they're leading for the wrong reasons. We don't, we don't lead because no one else will lead. We're not pushed into leadership unwillingly. And really what, what Jesus Christ is saying here is that faithful church leadership leads because they love the Good Shepherd, because they love Jesus Christ. And so our leadership, we, we get along, we, we love the Lord, and, and we love you all. And, and I get an opportunity to really serve with a great bunch of leaders here, a great bunch of elders and deacons and their wives. There's a great group of leaders here. But you know, if we ever lose focus 
and we think it's about me and my desires and my wants as leadership, we have lost really the reason why we're leading. The reason why we lead is because we love Jesus. Because He is the good shepherd, we are simply the under-shepherds. And so, may we lead in an honorable way. Paul says this, and really it is a, a privilege uh, to be in leadership. Paul says this in 1 Timothy 3, 1, and, and I put it in your bulletin today. The saying is truth, uh, trustworthy if anyone aspires to the office of overseer. That would be an elder, pastor. He desires a noble task. And really, to be a part of leadership is, is an honor that, that God would choose to use broken individuals like, like me and the rest of the leadership to accomplish uh, His work and his, and his will. And so, really, may God uh, continue to do uh, great things in our church through our leadership. The next time we get together, we'll be looking at Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6 is really kind of the start of these two roles of, of elder, pastor, overseer, and uh, deacon. And so it's really kind of the beginning, the, the, the first works of that. And so we're going to be looking at that uh, the next time that we get together. But really the takeaway this morning is this. First of all, we need to know that there are three titles given to one group of men. Those three titles are what? Elder overseer, pastor, shepherd. All the same, all talk about the same group of men, all right? The other one would be deacon, all right? Those are the two groups of leaders we see in the New Testament. And then what do shepherds do? How do shepherds honor God? We think about our theme, designed for His glory. How do shepherds bring God glory? First of all, shepherds preach the gospel. Shepherds know the flock, Shepherds lead and care for the flock. Shepherds smell like sheep. Church leadership should not be about money or power. It's not about obligation, but truly it's about a love for the Lord. It's about a love for God. It's about a love for our Savior. May God continue to use our leadership community at Wilton Bible Church to accomplish great things. And may you continue to raise up new leaders. I think about um, some of the conversations that uh, me and the leaders have, and, and you know what? We're, we're, we're thinking to ourselves, who will be the next leaders of Wilton Bible Church? We've talked about how important it is, but who would be the next elders and the next deacons? Because you know what? One day, Ralph Nix is going to retire. Probably not anytime soon, but one day he's going to retire. He's actually taking the, the year off this next time, and I'm sure he'll be right back. But you know, these guys here, they're not going to be here forever. Who will be the next men that lead the church? And so if you're a man here today, and you're not a leader here at Wilton Bible Church, Maybe consider asking the Lord, would you prepare me to be a leader here at Wilton Bible Church? May he continue to replace good men with even more good men. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, again, we thank you for the leadership we have. Thank you for the good elders and their wives and the deacon and his wife. 
Thank you for the pastors that we have, Lord. Thank you for how you continue to use us in a great way. Thank you for the ministry that we have, including uh, the Christian school and all that you accomplished this last year. And, and we look forward to what you're going to do in the future. And so, Lord, we pray that you would continue to allow our, us as leaders to grow. May we flourish under your leadership, Lord. Truly, we are both shepherds and sheep at the same time because we are your sheep. And so, Lord, may you also lead us. May we lead each other. May other pastors lead us as well. And so may we be encouraged to continue to grow, and may we also encourage others to grow. May we be men who preach the gospel. May we be men who know the flock. May we be men who love and care and lead your flock. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you have given to us. It is really an honor to serve you in this place. But, Lord, I also think about maybe who you'd raise up in the future to one day serve. So, Lord, I pray you'd be working in men's heart. I know there are some really great men in our church. They haven't stepped up as, as deacons and, and elders, and, and maybe because um, they're not church members. And so, Lord, I pray that you would continue to work in their heart, that you'd raise up the next generation of church leaders within Wilton Bible Church. Again, thank you that you are the good shepherd all this is made possible because you laid down your life for your sheep. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the care that you have upon us. In Jesus' name, amen.